0: Today, we join up with the Code & Conquer podcast to discuss motivation in indie hacking. Let's deploy.
1: Hi, everyone. My name's Dan, and today on the show, we're running a virtual conference panel on the topic, motivation in indie hacking. This is a joint collaboration between the Code & Conquer podcast and also the Push to Pod podcast. We thought we'd get together. Look, since we're syndicating this episode on each other's separate shows, 1st some quick introductions are probably in order for listeners. Over to you, Tobias. Yeah, hi uh, to
2: all the listeners that don't know me. I'm the, the guest, pretty much, or the, the single podcast host here. Uh, I'm Tobias Arbeiler. I'm the host of the Code & Conquer podcast, uh, So where I do interviews with indie hackers from the Twitter community mostly, and we talk about the journey and their products and everything they've experienced on their way. Um, I'm also the founder of the company Icebear Labs, which we are currently producing an Indie Hacker project called Schreiberling.app. That's the URL as well. And it's an AI copywriting tool. And that's pretty much what we're doing right now. So that's that's my Indie Hacker journey. And I'm also following other Indie Hacker journeys uh, through the podcast.
1: Nice.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, um, for those who don't know me, I'm Colin. Uh, I'm the co-founder of UserLot, which is a new startup that we uh, kicked off last year around customer success. It's like a CRM for recurring revenue management Um, and previously... Uh ran a GovTech product for about seven years called Social Pinpoint and exited that in 2019. So, yeah, not my first rodeo, but i tell you, this is probably my hardest one. So, um, yeah, uh, as a result, I'm doing a bit more networking and hence that's the uh, why we kicked off Pushed Prod as a podcast uh, 10 or so episodes ago.
1: Excellent. And hi, everyone. My name's Dan Miller. I'm a lot way behind all the other guys there. Actually, I'm learning to build a SaaS for my first time uh, I've got an opportunity in my own business outside of this um, where we had a bit of a scratch your own itch situation. And I thought to myself, well, I've got a background in software and I love the idea of building a SaaS. Excellent. I'm diving in. I'm going for it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm learning as I go. And you'll probably hear a little bit of that. And we talk today about motivation. And about the today, we're following a panel format. So if you've ever been to a conference or if you've ever been to some sort of event and you've got, you know, some people sitting together up on the stage, well, that's what we're doing here. We've got a bit of a virtual conference going on, a bit of a virtual panel. So the format's going to be, we've got a set of questions written up and for each question, we'll go to each panelist, see what they have to say in response. And at the end, we'll wrap up with some key takeaways that you folks listening can hopefully use in your day-to-day indie hacking journey.
0: Love it. Love it. Can I just say thank you though as well for uh, actually putting this together? I I think it's been, I think Dan and I wanted to always have some guests on and stuff. So it's been cool to to connect with uh, Tobias and and do this. So yeah, just a big thanks before we kick it off.
1: Yeah. And I I love it too. Thank you Tobias. We we sort of met uh, virtually on Twitter because I saw some of your posts going for a while. And then I saw you put your show together, Code and Conquer, and I loved it. And I was like, Excellent. (laughs) I'd love to collaborate here. So what a great opportunity. Thank you, Tobias. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank
2: thank you for inviting me and for actually putting that up. Dan pretty much did most of the work here. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do the collab and I hope that we can do more collabs uh, with you guys and with other podcasts in the future because it's just the indie hacking community lives from uh, collaborating and working together and building feedback of each other and stuff. And I love doing this yeah. it's awesome nah, It's awesome man yeah, it's yeah, awesome
0: and and thanks for the getting up early it's i'll just pass say before we get in i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. already on a red wine it's 5 p.m on a friday <laughs> and, poor.
1: Yeah, it's, 9 and PM it's like 9 a.m. 9 a.m in the a. M. morning here, yeah. so sorry about that yeah <laughs> yeah a bit early for uh, smashing the hard alcohol we'll there, get up early next time hey, man. that's and <laughs> <laughs> yep. we'll
2: switch it around for every episode so. <laughs>
1: nice All right. Well, let's get into it, shall we? So the first question we've got on our panel today is why should we consider motivation in indie hacking? And we thought we'd start with you, Tobias, because this was your um, topic, motivation. So how about it? What do you think? Why should we consider motivation in indie hacking?
2: I think it's maybe the most important topic in indie hacking. My podcast usually talks with indie hacker people that have done a lot of work and that I've set on their projects for a long time that have to work for years to actually get anywhere. Uh, so you have a very, very long road ahead of you, usually as an indie hacker. Most people don't make it in like two or three months. And every episode that we've talked to people or that I've talked to people in that podcast, we have some point where the motivation is very low we just talked to maxime dupre in episode four Mm. uh, where the twitter api changes completely Mm. killed his business so um losing motivation there would have been probably the the normal thing to expect but for him he was back in like a week so there has to be something with motivation that you have to grasp and keep doing um you won't get much praise on the way as an indie hacker you won't get much feedback your family will get tired of the topic at some point so you have to be motivation mo- motivated yourself and uh, without any external feedback i guess um and coming with that and the motivation thing and i i um just as a small intro i'm also doing systemic coaching with a coach uh regarding my indie hacking and my business stuff and also some private stuff and uh Coming from that direction, you always have to ask yourself regularly, why are you indie hacking? Like, what's, what's the goal here? And I think that's the thing that you should consider most for motivation. It's perfectly fine to say, I'm just having fun. Mm. And if that's the goal, that's, that's awesome, perfect for you. If it's learning new technologies, it's also awesome. If it's, I'm trying to reach a goal of 2000 MRR, that's going to be a motivational barrier sometimes. And you'd have to be very, have to have very long breath to stay in the game very true um, yeah so for me the most the most important thing is having fun and um, being the success is very low you have to have a very long breath so that's why you have to talk about motivation you have to find your own way to motivation and keep the motivation up mm-hmm.
0: yeah nice. yeah it's it's a tough and like yeah as you said it's the biggest probably one you want to get i don't know if right's the right word but i mean it feels like um to me, it's like having that, like, I think I described it as being, um, it's what your goal for the rest, almost like your life is like, it's like, it's cause this is a journey. And I think if you're, if you're trying to do something that every day you're going to like be motivated and, you know, attack it type thing, then you're going to have these ups and downs that are going to really screw around with that. So you've got to have something bigger than just the fact, like you said, like, it's not about MRR. It's not about even the current product you're working on. Like, I think the biggest thing is taking a. if you're not into it yet, taking a step back and going, "What? Well, why do I want to build my own stuff? Like it's bigger than one product or one, you know, particular thing you're trying to do at any point in your career. I think some people might be more suited to it than others maybe, and that sort of yeah. helps. Um, but certainly I think there's that that issue around saying, well, how do I, rather than motivate myself, how do I actually just enjoy the journey? And then if I enjoy the journey, what parts do I enjoy? And can I do those parts pretty much every day? And if I do, I don't have to worry about the outcome anymore. I just can do what I'm doing, do what I love, and the outcome of, like the successful outcome will come down the track. I think if you can get to that level, then, then you're doing the right thing. If you can't, then maybe you shouldn't maybe be doing indie <laughs> hacking, if you know what I mean. I don't know if I made much sense there, but like, yeah, like trying to, I don't know what I'm getting at is it's dangerous if you think you have to come up with something that's going to make you get out of bed, you know, like you should just get out of bed and love attacking the day anyway. Um, no matter if the MRI is zero or the MRI is, you know, 50 grand. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice. <So>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I really love what you guys said there, you know, Tobias, where you sort of said it's a long journey and the chances of success are actually quite variable or sometimes quite low, I, I fully agree with that. And, and Cole, I love what you said about, you know, you've got to love it, you've got to do it because you love it. I think um between the two of those things, that's some of the reasons why I think why should we consider motivation? Um, You know, when we're doing indie hacking, it's probably a very wise thing to self-reflect and just ensure we're doing it for the right reasons. Um, it's also probably quite important to know You know, what can impact our motivation so that we can deal with it when we do take a knock now and again. If you know how your motivation works and what motivates you, then you can use that to sort of pick yourself back up and keep going if something happens, which inevitably it's going to happen when you're building something, right? Either, you know, what you're building doesn't turn out to be as you thought it would going to be. You're going to face some serious bugs some days or some things that just don't work. Maybe your marketing takes a lot longer than you thought it was going to be, et cetera. There's lots lots to it. so um yeah, knowing what motivates you and how to how to build on that it's a very important thing to consider, yeah.
0: yeah, not to totally butt in, but I feel like, um and maybe this is because I've done it. you know you, you start doing it for a long time, you realize like it comes back to this identity thing, I think, like it, like if you are if you are this type of person and you like doing it, then you're not tying your identity to the success of your business, uh, the strategy you're doing at the moment, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So they, it can't knock you down because you're like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm doing yeah. this because of whatever, you know, um, and that allows you to play the long game, but if you're tying your identity to the fact that this product, you know, you start a new AI thing and it's going to go good and you've promised you, you know, your spouse that you're going to make a million dollars in whatever it is and it doesn't go well, then your motivation's going to tank
2: yep (laughs) i think um that's a question or or a a topic that we had on the podcast as well and where i sometimes don't identify as much as an indie hacker and more as an experimenter Mm -hmm. is the exact thing that you like defining yourself as an indie hacker you kind of put the goal of 20k MRR or 50k MRR or whatever <laughs> on, the on the horizon <laughs> at least right and as long as i just say i'm doing experiments and if anything of those takes off for some reason and it's awesome and we can build on users and then mrr might come that's why i'm sometimes more comfortable with the with the label experimenter or mm. software I like, like that. Something I like I'm just that. building it's, stuff to test it. Yeah, it's yeah. almost scientific. We'll, we'll see if it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. To, and I'll, cool. look, I'll
0: be honest, I, I don't identify as an indie hacker. I don't use that term. I've never been in the indie hacker circles, but I have, but not realizing I have. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I think <laughs> what your point is there is uh, heaps valid. I like it.
1: So yeah. what we're learning there is... Labels are not the motivator here, so which does bring us to the <laughs> yeah. next point. Um, what does motivate you to build your own product? So to be a, you know, what is it? What, why do you build your product? And that, what do, you, what causes you to get up every morning to do that?
2: We have notes for this, but I'm going to go the other direction right it. here. Um, so the most motivating thing to have started indie hacking, to be motivated at the start, and to actually also keep me being motivated is just using my favorite tech stack (laughs) like uh when you're like i'm a freelancer for most of my time um and then you have teams that decide what you're using and what (laughs) technology and what framework and uh, how you guys are working together and we have to use azure for this project and i'm like no i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) and um in indie hacking projects it motivates me a lot that i can just say this is the framework that I want to use. This is the database yes. I want to use. This is the whole the whole setup that I want to use, the architecture, the deployment stuff. And um, also being able to experiment on that. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't thought of motivating. that,
1: but you're so right. And you know, you, it makes perfect sense because on other jobs for other people, you'll be in maybe a corporate environment or someone else's business and you are just, that's it. That's what you're stuck with. You're you're of, actually, it can get quite boring. You can do the same thing the same boring tech government mm-hmm. you know whatever corporate tech stacks for ages so being able to get out there and play with your own stuff is yeah huge motivator okay i love that keep going Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty much
2: playing with legos but you also decide what kind of sets you got and stuff yeah. it's awesome and um also gives you the freedom to work on new stuff like the the big huge ai wave uh, you're, you're just like oh i could use that in my project or i can do new project with ai and nobody stops you from doing this when you're your own your own boss, so to say, and um, but the other thing is also, and I've highlighted this in bold in the notes is the potential freedom to work on it full time. Yeah. So that's that's the the other really big thing. If something takes off, if one of the experiments becomes better and you have users using it, and you you kind of realize, okay, there's more to this than just a fun project. There comes the potential of working on this full time, and that would be the coolest thing to come out of this journey it's just not getting like past a million mrr uh it's not really the the goal the goal is to get past the mrr target where you can just work for this thing yeah so we don't have to do freelance work you don't have to find a full-time job because freelance doesn't work right now you just have to u- work on your own stuff beautiful yeah. that would be the perfect target to hit for me and then if the mrr goes rising perfect awesome but uh, the money doesn't make a difference anymore pretty much working on it full-time and only having to work for yourself is the biggest motivator
1: beautiful
0: nice Uh, yeah I, i guess it's probably merging into my one of my first ones which was uh my first reasons around that is Like I'm a really bad delegator, so I like to do things my way. Um, (laughs) Same. (laughs) So that's probably a little bit of a segue (laughs) from that. So that's probably the original, definitely the original motivator to go out on my own. And I won't say that was being at building products, but when I left full time work to go out as a consultant, even though you're working on other people's stuff, it was like the flexibility to do things your way, And, and that might not be building. Like I said, might not be the exact tech stack you want, but I can do it at the time I want, when I want to do it. And ironically, hopefully, won't get too far in this because I think it's a different podcast, but uh, podcast topic. But um, I was listening to Bootstrap's. I'm catching up on podcasts after my travels. I haven't. I'm so far <laughs> behind. And I was listening to Bootstrap Web's one from a couple of weeks ago, Dan, around uh, startups and doing it with kids have you listened to that one oh, like yes. young kids yeah, yeah. So yeah we need yep. to talk about that one because there's so many little points in there where I'm like I agree or I disagree and one yep. of them is I think this lifestyle we have is actually very family friendly if you do it right because you get to call those shots of when you do things where full-time work the amount of people I know who's full-time work and they get home at seven o'clock at night that's not family mm. friendly at all that's ridiculous so I'm like yeah um, so that was one of my biggest motivators so I pretty much quit full-time job when my second kid was one. Um, so I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And then my biggest motivator became not so much how do I make money now for them, but how do I build? My other big pet peeve is worrying about people worrying about salaries versus net wealth, net, uh, what's called net worth. Um, and I feel like if you really want to build your net worth, then building products like the next, at the next thing to think about then is how do I build assets and how do you build assets quickly now in 2023 it's it's software it's what we're doing now building these products so um, it's less about what I take home on a month or a year or mrR and how much value do I have out of this product or business that I'm building and that's where I might diverge a little bit from you uh, tobias where I'm like thinking not so much about tech stack but about business stuff and I love that's where I start loving the talk about well is this is this going to be valuable and who would buy it? How what's it? What would it be valued at and things like that? And that ends up motivating me more so much than what tech I'm using and things, which is funny because I am a tech guy. Like I'm, I'm totally tech, I'm two degrees in software and stuff like that. But I think that has changed over my, my time. So cool. I don't know if I nice. answered that, man. But I <laughs> actually <it. laughs> I did have one point there, which is leave a legacy. And I guess.
1: Oh, what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, so that's one of my. So I have four main uh, lifetime. I I don't even call them goals, but they're like four things I think about when I set my ten year, five year, one year goals. One of them is leaving a legacy, and and to me, what that means is when I go or when whatever, there's going to be elements of me around, and it's hopefully in different products that I've left and businesses I've sold that are still by name or by whatever are still running. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. uh, That you probably couldn't do hundred years ago, you know, unless you happen to be Henry Ford or something like that, you know? So <laughs> nice. anyway, that's, that's another big motivator for me.
1: Very cool. I, I've i got a combination really. I There's two there. One is that I just love building software. I've been doing that since I was a boy. I can remember first things, the first programs that I wrote was with a mate of mine. He had this old machine. It was, um, it was like, there was a clone of an Apple machine and he had these thick books and we would get together. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just following the program and we would yeah. write these together and they'd produce wonderful ASCII art for us and we were amazed. We were just going, <laughs> wow, look at these pictures you can create writing software programs. Did and you I was type them out, out of the day. book?
0: Is that what it was? Like you literally copied the code out of the book? or That's was it? it. You copied the yeah, code yeah, out yeah, of the book. Exactly. You, didn't know you what get magazines <laughs> and it was like you printed yep. Yeah, that, that was
1: it. <laughs> And I, I just fell in love with building software from that day forward. And so I still love it to this day. It's brilliant. Um, and another thing is, look, I've had some success in the past starting and growing service-based businesses, and I know it's possible. So now I want to try the challenge again, but I want the same success with a product-based business. That's what's yeah, driving me. That's, that's why good, yeah. I, want, I want to build here. And, um, you know, I just love the experience of building my own thing. Like you guys said, choosing my own adventure. It's fun. It's energizing. It's rewarding. You know, I've got complete autonomy. I can visualize a better for, future for myself despite, you know, how realistic or not that vision is. And that's yeah. the dream that motivates me really. So, yeah, But don't you reckon,
0: it. like, I don't know if you guys experience this, but for people who aren't in the community, like, the, you know, what we do and they're just regular, and I feel bad saying it this way, but they're just, you know, they do regular jobs, nine to five, whatever it is. Whenever you hear them talking, if you hear them complaining, which I'm not saying, you know, everyone bitches about their work most of the time they're complaining about things that they just can't control because the work someone else is putting the stuff on them and i love this that it's total ownership like there's just as much to complain about with what we do but it's our fault (laughs) that's right i mean
2: (laughs) i mean another thing about the like we all i think we're all doing consulting work on the site or as a main job right um but the one thing in freedom there is that you can always go you know what this project is not for me i'm going to leave this and it's not a huge deal right like i can tell like i'm usually working through an agency that does all the recruiting stuff for me and um i always have a one month cancellation period with them so if i'm like if the project is absolutely horrible you can always go you know what i'm like end of the month i'm gone and you can't really do this when you're full-time you have to find something else you have to like, if you have kids it's way harder mm. than for me <laughs> <laughs> and um, having no kids is very very much the easy path for indie hacking and also freelancing And um, cool. but having this freedom is is awesome on the freelancer side and in the indie hacking side you pretty much have all the control yep. uh, anyway. Yeah, and the responsibility
0: Gosh. which is going to you know if you're not that type of person to and take that. that on then you maybe you shouldn't do it but I think most people who are in this you know, business recognize that oh, I hope The ones that are successful recognize that and go, yep, well, you know, the buck stops with me. Uh, And you learn so much, not about the business, but about yourself doing it.
1: So, so so far we've talked about, you know, the positives, what's drawing us and what's bringing us forward. Let's talk a little bit now (laughs) about some of the uh, detractors of that. So the next question we've got, are there things that possibly reduce your motivation? And if so, what are they and how do you deal with them? So this could actually be quite a deep question, this one over to you, Tobias.
2: I'm going to pick up on something that Colin just said. Uh, he said that he enjoys the business side more now. That's, that's how I heard it. Um, I'm going to disagree on that. And I think that that's one thing that can reduce my motivation. Right now, we're in a phase for Schreiberling for the new app where I can't really go on software developing there. I have to wait for a design that my girlfriend who is a UX designer will do and in the meantime I have to do stuff like marketing and we're doing more user interviews we want to do more of those to create a better project Uh, we we are thinking about government funding we are partaking in startup competitions uh, where we might get money or support or networking opportunities and on little scale that's okay and and I think that indie hacking or well, indie hackers should think more about stuff like startup competitions, funding from the government and stuff, because at least in Germany, there is a lot of stuff you can get and it will be worth your time, but it's not software development. Mm. So mm.
0: <laughs> and as an engineer at heart, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally I'm having get it. trouble sometimes no, I get getting it. there. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Even though it's probably changed a little bit for me, but yeah. Well, what uh, do you...
1: You know, what do you do about that, Tobias, when it happens? Like, how do you deal with that sort of situation? The advice that you always
2: get or that you often get on Twitter and stuff in the indie hacking hacking bubble is that you should just concentrate on one thing. Like, just push your, your project and do, like, the one day you have in the week, do, like, 14 hours of work in just that project and concentrate on nothing else, focus, focus, focus. And I don't think that that works for me. And I think that one thing that works for me if I'm stuck with my main project, or I have to wait there, or I have to work, do st- do work there that is necessary, and I have to do it, um, to balance that, sometimes I'm just spinning up a greenfield project. Mm. Some just pick a new framework that I wanted to try, or a stupid idea that I have. I have like intelligent ideas that I know <laughs> maybe there's a market, and then I have ideas where I'm like nobody before buy this nobody
0: it's gonna come out you know your success is gonna come out of that list eh?
2: (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) Uh, for example i had a project still in mind which i will use if i'm getting too frustrated this time uh, where i just will build different levels of you have to click a button on a page and then the first level, it's just a button in the middle and you have to click it. And the second level, it moves. And the third level, it disappears and comes somewhere else again. Nobody will pay for this, but it will make me happy and it will be a Greenfield project where I can just do software software development work. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, having something like this, putting the fun back into yeah. the project is always always important. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah.
1: Nice move, nice not
2: put, move. Not putting the fun back on the back burner for too long
0: yeah like i guess what you're saying there though is just a bit of diversity like it's always good to, and like yes you yep. should do one thing at once in, in that regard but i think my view i'm shocking at it i like I've, I've always had a million things on the go and you know one of the i had to do some mindset thing once and it was like google what you know google five images that record you know like represent yourself and it's like i I pick someone with five arms juggling like a million balls like that. Like that's, (laughs) that's generally what I am. However, reality is, um, you know, as long as you can sit down and focus for X bit of time, whether or not it's one hour, three hours, whatever. And I think as you get older is not the right word, but as you get sort of more in connection with who you are and your body and whatever, you'll find what time that's better suited. But if you're doing that, if you know you can do that, then you can have a heap of things on the go. You just need to know when to focus on uh, on that particular one, any particular one. And then it helps then to have those varying projects. So like if you love development, use that to refresh yourself when you're having to do the government grant you know, fund application, which is just draining your soul to do because you know you'll eventually get back to the other thing. And as long as you know how to do that you can just push through all the other things I think which is important because it is important you know I think at the end of the day if you're I don't know if if you're running an indie pro like if it's just even just you or whatever at the end of the day you want this thing to succeed and to succeed it's going to be more than just building product it's going to be building this is where I've meant it's going to be building a business you know like when I talk to I've got really good family friends who are running a psychology business a physio business um and it's to me, it's exactly the same bloody thing. Like, yes, you're a psychologist. Yes, you're a physio. But when you start this journey, you have to transition to someone who loves running a business, not being a physio or a psychologist or whatever, because if you do that, you might as well just go get a job. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you're going to be yep. – so that's the bit I think I've found and I've graduated from that. Like I've eventually gone from someone who still loved to do the dev and I still love to do the dev, but I'm like – what really motivates me now is this cool idea that I can build this business that pay, like once it's successful, hopefully use a lot is, it's going to pay people's mortgages. It's going to make people have families that like do all this stuff because oh, I put this thing out in the world. I think that's so motivational to me rather than worrying about the tech or any industry. In
1: reverse thing. though, what, what demotivates you, Colin?
0: I oh, know we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll switch around. I didn't answer the question. Um, well, look, I'll tell you. Like, because it's business, not making money. Like, I'll just like that can. Okay. That can really demotivate me. I I know I'm still very tethered to um, how much money I make per month or per year, which it goes against building what I just talked about before about building like you know assets and stuff like that. And so I hmm. recognize I can feel it in my mood. And this year is a bit different because I've deliberately stepped away from making money to build this product. And I've never done that before. I've like consulted heaps. I still do a bit of consulting, but not as much. And so now I'm like, yeah, I can feel that I can struggle like that. I'm building something that's making no money. And that to me can start going, ah, oh, should I just go back to doing consulting? So yeah, that type of thing. And so that can definitely demotivate me. Um, Fair enough. The other thing is shiny object syndrome, which is probably a little bit like obvious t- t- for saying where it's like, uh, hang on, I've started all this stuff here, but this other thing over here looks heaps mm-hmm. cool, so I'm going to go off and do every, that. Every day. Yeah, yeah. And so that, <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's motivating for the new thing I'm doing, but whatever I was doing before isn't getting the love that it probably should. So that can happen to yeah. me a bit as well.
1: What oh, about you, Dan? No worries.
0: I don't know if I answered well, that. But...
1: <laughs> mine is a little bit more... Personal, I, I'm, I'm pretty well aware now what demotivates me. And funnily enough, it's actually not, um, not the work. It's not the building products. It's not working with software. It's actually my physical well-being. I know for sure that if I don't sleep properly or if I'm okay. dehydrated and I'm shocking at that, I slump in terms of motivation. Yeah. I've, I've been able to figure it out over the years. I'm just going, man, I'm not feeling it today. What's going on? And I'll, I'll put two and two together and I'll go, oh, I had a shocking sleep last night. Or, you know, haven't done enough exercise recently or I'm, I just haven't drunk enough water. And so, yeah, I always try to get, um, you know, about seven or eight hours sleep each night if I can. and For that. Look, there's Cole's got a bottle. Too for, those, or... for those that are listening in, um, and I'm again, I'm shocking at it, Tobias and Colin have just held up on the screen in front of me their own water bottle sitting there right next to them, whereas I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm constantly I'm forgetting at to drink enough water.
2: <laughs> I'm also terrible at it. That's why I just always have this full, and I have mm. to empty it like two or three times a day. So then I'm, I'm perfect. And I have the same problem, like, there's a German doctor who's also a comedian who also says if you have a motivational problem or if you feel tired and even though you've slept enough, that's I always ask those questions like, "If uh. when when's the last time you've eaten? When's the last time yeah. you slept? You slept perfectly? When's the last time you've drank something?" Uh, and then mostly one of those is not or
1: is misaligned. Yeah. Yep. And yep.
2: if you fix that mostly you're going to feel better yeah Yeah. well
1: that's you mentioned another one there and stress that's one that i definitely know knocks my motivation i'm working outside of building my own thing so like we mentioned earlier i am consulting basically full-time and my wife and i also run a business and so occasionally things happen outside of my control that cause a bit of stress and when it happens i can i can feel it in my body i can feel it in my mind and I lose Is that motivation like being that. blocked
0: from a government for... service that you said the other day?
1: Yeah, you heard about that. <laughs> Tobias, one thing we mentioned <laughs> recently is um, uh, uh, one of the government departments we have to deal with for our business blocked us. They IP blocked us and it took me days to figure out what was causing it. That stressed me out. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it, it's hard to prevent stress. You never know what's going to happen. So when it does happen, I just find that taking a break from things and switching to something else completely different, it works for me. Yeah. I'll go for a walk, you know. I'll do something in nature. I'll go out in the backyard. It's that sort of thing. And surprisingly, it works pretty well. So that's the situation for me. I
0: wholeheartedly agree with that. And I've changed my tune. Like I used to work, um, like I used to get guilty, feel guilty, like going out and doing, you know, squishing in a walk or run or whatever. And, you know, these days I, you know, I walk three and a half Ks every morning plus run probably five times a week plus start, like, like I'm getting, like I literally, one of my goals at the beginning of the year, which I haven't hit yet, but I want to hit at some point over the next few years is doing 10% of my day spent doing like moving and exercise. Like, and that's, that's two and a bit hours of whatever it is unapologetically, because I think it's so bloody important. It works. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was working for a startup a few years ago. Uh, not really a startup, a very, very small agency, but it was very, very new. And I was like one of, well, at the beginning, I was one of three employees counting the founders. And um, we actually had problems with this where the CEO was working 14 hours a day. When I came in at eight in the morning, he was there. Wow. And if I left on in six or something in the evening, he was still there. And uh, I got emails at like eleven at night mm. from the office, and uh, the the thing is that the fourteen hours that he put in was not productive None. work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I just fixed the stuff that he broke the, yeah. the evening before, in the morning. <laughs> um. So, don't do that, and instead, like, not not. Don't even don't even target eight hours of productive work. It's okay to do four, five, six. Yeah. And um. But go out for a walk in the middle of that, or just. Do your sports in the yeah. end of the day, yeah. like I do. Yeah. Um but more than that, it's just not it's not productive, yep. it's not efficient. Um as a German, I know a lot of a lot about efficiency <laughs> <laughs> <Very good. laughs> and to, to to go into a stereotype a yeah. and um but you do have to have this this other part of your life, be it friends or family or sports or eating healthy or sleeping enough. Yeah. Um it's just it's going to depend so much on your your business going to depend on you taking care of yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, no, really. that takes us to a good segue to one of our later questions actually. Let's we'll stick at it. Well, it's related to, you know, work-life balance. So while while we're on that, why don't we keep going? How do you yeah. manage your work-life balance as an indie hacker? So to be us, you know, what strategies do you use to prevent burnout and to maintain a healthy lifestyle?
2: So I'm not a great role model here and I feel that Colin is the better role model.
0: Oh, don't say that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a little of context. When I was working for the startup, I actually had developed an anxiety disorder, which I'm still working through today. So that's going to be a a struggle for probably probably the rest of my life. So, But when you have this this disorder or when you've lived through it and have gone into therapy for it, you kind of start noticing when your body is starting to break down so i'm talking about somatic issues where your stress level Mm. is so high that your body starts reacting
0: to it can i ask like did you was that like obvious or it was just happening and you didn't know it was stress i guess is the question you don't have to go into any specifics but do you know what i mean like sometimes you can be stressed and not know it or sometimes you can be stressed and know it
2: I, i pretty much i didn't I didn't know what was the reason for that i like i started getting panic attacks right so um i didn't know at the beginning what was the issue and if you take a look at it today like with hindsight mm. uh, the panic attacks were just one more symptom uh, i just had those stress symptoms for pretty much my whole study years like my masters and my bachelors i al- already had problems with my stomach i just didn't connect it to any stress Right. And uh, then my buddy went, OK, he doesn't listen to that. So we're going to go to the, the heart next. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And um, to manage this life work life balance, you kind of get forced to do it at some point. Hmm. If you notice that your body starts breaking down. Um, what I'm trying to do and not always succeeding is always look through all of the projects that you're doing. And if you notice that it's just too much, you notice that you're too tired at the end of the day. Uh, you have to cut some of those projects yeah it's there's no no like no other solution if you're working too much you have to work less yeah, yeah. and um the other thing that I'm doing but that's like the most important thing you have to cut your your work yeah. down so you're less stressed yeah and um there's just no way around it but other than that to have some kind of balance let's say um I have my cat i have mm. my my girlfriend and uh it's also been kind of a tradition for both of us that we just pick up the cat four or five times a day Very and cool. just cuddle with it for five minutes she loves that uh, as she's a single <laughs> single cat in our household and she also doesn't go out <laughs> um she's dependent on a, a lot of interaction with us and we love it as a, as nice. a cool down from work
1: yeah
0: I wholeheartedly uh, endorse animals. I think i wrote that yep. in my note. Uh, even though they're also the cause of stress sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Other than that, it's just, yeah, family, friends. Um, what I think works but shouldn't be your whole thing, like the only thing that you're doing for me, gaming works. Oh yeah. Like if I just want to shut off my brain, it's okay to go four hours into Battlefield and just shoot virtual enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not... The it shouldn't be the one solution. Yeah. It has been in the past for me, and it doesn't work because mm.
0: you're sitting in front of the computer the whole time. Then I guess is that exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so the other thing that I'm doing right now, which we're trying to get back into, and right now we have the discipline actually, is uh, cycling and running again. Mm. Uh, definitely has a positive mental influence on both of us. Also helps with the weight, I guess. I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, like you said earlier, Colin uh going out into oh uh, sorry it was then going out into nature and uh doing the sports stuff and moving um it's what we are made to do as humans yeah Yeah. so it's a good thing to get back into that and it works uh, for motivation and for positive mental
1: and physical health yeah well i'm glad you've you know over the years sort of been able to figure that out and and notice those those signs and have some tactics there to deal with them it's wonderful to hear and um um, we all go through all that sort of thing in our own way. And I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, I've like I said before, I'm, it was times in the past where, where I was receiving stress and feeling stress, which made me understand the symptoms of stress and know when to pick up on them and, and deal with them. So, yeah, absolutely. I can empathize with you there for sure. Yep. Um, Colin, how about you, mate? Like, you know, what sort of things do you use to prevent burnout?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll tie on to that i mean i i got um when was it the first i think i can't remember if my it was my first like i've got two daughters i can't remember if it was the first the second one where i ended up um over a number of years i ended up to the point where i thought i was sick like i thought i had kidney problems i thought all this sort of stuff and i went to the doctor and it was almost comical because he looked at me and went I know what it is, but I'll get you all tested anyway. And like he, you know, went through a full blood test, all that. And he went, yeah, you just just probably suffer from mild anxiety all the time. It just makes you just everything feels sick. (laughs) And like I literally had a meeting. I remember one meeting I had where some big client came up, we were in the room and I just had to leave. Like I felt I was dying almost, had to leave. It was just a flight instinct kicking in. (laughs) Like I just had to get out of the office. And it was my first mental trip where once I learnt it, I went, oh, I'm, actually I'm not sick. And like literally overnight, I think every 90% of the symptoms just died. Um, but ever since, and that was 20 years ago, whatever, or 15 years ago, I still sometimes have those things. Whereas like sometimes I'll like, you know, almost feel like I'm fainting and things like that. But literally I know it's, it's I know it's, because I don't feel stressed. If people come and talk to me, they don't, I don't think most people would ever say Colin gets stressed, but the reality is, it obviously is it's just I don't I must you know you, you hold it well and um as a result it comes out some other way which is usually your body going hang on <laughs> stop doing what you're doing um and so yeah then I and I actually did put on a bit of weight you know like you do in your early I don't know mid-twenties you're just eating more and doing stuff and I you know originally got my girlfriend who became my wife and you just and eventually I remember one One, uh, I think it was a boxing day. We both looked at each other and went, we need to do something. (laughs) And then I started running and I wouldn't even call it running. It was like um, I was, I had a 60 meter driveway, like up a hill. And I used to just go up and down that, go up and down that. And then eventually I started running. And that was, so that was again, 15, 14 years ago. And to this day I run all, I'm not even like, I'm not a good runner. I don't run fast, but it's just like the one non-negotiable. You know, people talk about, you don't rise to the levels of your, what is it? I can't remember the saying. It's like you don't rise to the levels of your, um, your, what, whatever you fall to the level of your, your systems or your habits. Like it's, it's called raising your tides. It's like, if you look at the tide, uh, this is another thing I learned through these mindset things. I mean, like if you think about tides, it's, it's not about the how high something is. It's how high the lowest point is. And Mm. so it's trying to Mm. lower that. Mm. You want to raise that lower part. And so My view of that is I've definitely done that in my life with things like running, for example, like it's just non-negotiable. I don't care what country I'm in, what the temperature is, whatever, I will run X amount per week. Um, And it's those things that I think have helped me maintain a better lifestyle, which then makes me healthier, which is then this whole work-life balance just kicks in because you've got the energy to do stuff. And so it's finding those things that you go, if I can change that part about my life and make it. My identity and non-negotiable that I'm going to do that thing. Um, everything else lifts up, you know. And it's the same, like I just said with animals and stuff. There's certain things that I just I could never be a petless household. Do you know, what I mean? <laughs> like even though they shit me off sometimes, <laughs> we just lo- like animals. Just they just um, transform you. Obviously, kids and all that too. But you know, they'll move on. And I think so. It's those things that have helped me maintain a sense of purpose and balance and stuff you know and everything else could be out of whack and you can do 20 hours of work one day and not but yeah that's helped me I guess yeah Yeah. I don't know hopefully we maintain a bit of balance (laughs) there's
1: probably a common theme there animals are in our house as well I've got a lovely dog he's now (laughs) I think he's about 11 years old but every day I'll be out there I'll go and give him a pat and just say good day and hang out with him for a bit and I try to you know try to walk him every day as well what else do I do to you know build with that Balance is I I ride my bike a lot to get around town. I used to drive around a lot, but I've I've found that just riding, I've you know, once you set yourself up and you've got the equipment and you know how to how to use it, it's pretty easy just to get on the bike. So that helps a lot. Um, what else? I exercise at home every so often when I can, and I, I'm often doing the you know the home maintenance, so gardening or whatever's needed in there around the house, and that that's the sort of stuff. And if I throw those into the mix, then I find that I enjoy building my product more, you know, I've got the ability to get out there, but when I'm in there too long, like you said, Tobias, you can't be productive all the time. So those are the things that I do to balance it.
0: I was going to say with that, like we work a mental job, like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's not, so this idea that you have to be sitting in, like how many times, it's so cliched, you're in the shower, you bang, you think of the problem or you go to bed, you think of the solution, sorry. Um, And so it's so important to stop this idea of thinking that you have to be in front of a computer. To be working on your business, no, that's it's right. Like, that's like some of the that's some of the best ideas the come when you're not. Part.
1: You walk away and you solve yeah. that problem intrinsically or you know subconsciously. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. and that's that's some of the things I've got to be careful of as well, though, because I, I mentioned that I am balancing working the full time consulting at the moment, and I'm building stuff in my spare time. So you'll find that I'm doing mornings, early mornings, and then you know evenings, and then I hang out with the family for a bit and then late nights and,
0: and, and posting on twitter yeah
1: that's right <laughs> so i've got to be careful and but what, the way i do it is anytime my family seems like they're up for doing something so you know they'll they'll get home and we'll there'll be a moment where they'll go hey you want to do this my answer is yes default <laughs> yes. you want to you want to um, yeah. do you want to watch a movie yes you want to play a board game together yes <laughs> shall we go and hang out with these people over there yes so that's how i deal with it i i always give them priority for sure um, yeah And it works. I'm enjoying it at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, and I've, you know, the good and bad bits of this sort of stuff. Like, obviously, I've gone through the years of, actually, I went away uh, with my wife last Friday night, the first time in, a, I think, ever that we've ever done it without kids for a while. Um, (laughs) But I also didn't take a computer. Like, I took an iPad so we could watch some, like, we watch shows in bed, but um it's so hard to break that habit of like years ago with Social Pinpoint, like for at least a lot of it, I was the only one who could do, you know, the DevOps stuff. And if it crashed, you had to. So when you went on these family holidays overseas, you had to have your laptop. Um, and so you do have these weird things where it's like encroaching on that family time. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I was like you, man, where I'm like, I didn't miss a kid's thing at school and all that stuff. Cause I was about like the default answer was always, yeah. Yep and I'll work out how to fit the other stuff yeah. in later, even if it means I have to stay That's up. it.
1: Like you won't get those moments back, so you've got to take them when you can get them. Ah. Um, and yep. look, speaking of getting the moments back and, and working a lot, I noticed that when I mentioned how I've got to work full-time at the moment, and Colin, you said some of your motivations is financial, and Tobias, you sometimes balance um, a bit of work and a bit of consulting on your own thing. How do you guys balance the need for financial stability with the desire to pursue your passion as an indie hacker, what do you do, Tobias?
2: So for me, I think it's the most easy answer, but I think all our answers will probably be a little similar uh, as we're all contractors. Um, So for now, I'm doing freelance four days a week. When we started last year, I like I've worked for three different agencies before. And then last January, we both quit our jobs at the same agency where we also uh, started knowing each other and uh, started dating. And we both didn't want to work there anymore, went into freelancing. And then we started, of course, with five days because then you just have to push into financial stability and have some, some money on the side before you start doing fun projects again. Before that, I, I did four days a week at that last agency. And now uh, since April, I'm back to four days a week freelancing. I won't probably reduce this more for the foreseeable future. So for me right now, Monday is the Indie Hacker Day. Brilliant. So if you look at Twitter, I'm mostly active on, on Mondays um, there we go. because I have the time. And that's, that's where I'm... That's where I'm, what my what my week looks right now. If and that's a big if, uh, one of the hacker projects takes off. My way of still having some stability because I'm a little safety concerned myself, and I'm not the biggest. Like it was hard to get a f- to be to be a freelancer in the beginning as well, hmm. and um, so I need some stability still. I would go the route of going from four days to three days to two days, Brilliant. and then maybe yeah. one day if that's possible. Uh, before the business carries itself. Yep. And if I can see that the MRR is stable and healthy and at a level where we can sustain uh, with the government taxes and stuff, then I would consider going to full-time. Very cool. But yep. as of now, it's four days freelancing work and one day of indie hacking. And that's probably one that's going to stay for a while. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's a
1: wise move.
0: Yeah, look, uh, that, yeah, that mimics what I've generally done as well in terms of social pinpoint was... A side hustle um, while well, like, I did contracting and then eventually it became big enough but, like, but I'll admit I, I I contracted still while all the way through so the only time I didn't was after I sold Social Pinpoint and I worked as a CTO at the company that bought it because they could easily pay a salary of a CTO basically that's and I even when I owned Social Pinpoint I never wanted to pay myself that what you would probably get as a CTO because I valued having the money you know in the company more. Um, and so, and to me, I, I don't regret any of that. And I've always thought like, I don't know, like, I, what do I write in these things? Yeah. To me, it was like non like I've never sacrificed my family's money for these products. Like I've always thought, like, I don't know, I thought to myself, if I was working somewhere else, what would I earn? So therefore my consulting and my startup needs to at least earn that. Um, and if that meant me doing other work and then buying a, you know, a cheaper consultant to do a, like other bit of my business, I would rather do that because like, because my view of this thing is like, what's my most useful thing? And sometimes in the early days it is working on your startup, but sometimes it's not because the, it's so not value, like you, this thing you've got might not be worth anything. So why are you putting, if you can earn whatever, you know, I don't, Values are all different, mm. but if you can earn a really good contracting rate yep. at doing what you do, why not do that and, you know, use that a bit of that money to actually fund your side hustle in the bits maybe you don't want to do either. Yeah. I think that's very valid. Like it's, again, it's these and not prescriptive and everyone's got their own answers to things, but I think there's some value there because you can have the financial stability and still be able to validate, going back to my idea of building a business, build up and validate a new asset that will grow in time and become valuable and eventually either you jump into it or maybe you sell it whatever you know um so it's not all about just how do i make my business make enough money where i can go full-time in it because maybe you don't ever want to go 100 full-time in one thing because i mean it's fun to have i don't know fingers in lots of pies (laughs) i think (laughs) very good there's um the, the only time people will want you to really focus 100% on your startup is if you've taken someone else's money. Otherwise, it's like why why not have a bit of flexibility? Anyway, Brilliant. That's... <laughs>
1: well, that, that sounds like there's a common theme there and I reckon I've got a similar one um, where, Tobias, you said you want to make sure you've got enough coming in from your day-to-day work and then eventually if you can match that a little bit, then you can you can trade one day here for one day over on yours. And, Colin, you've also mentioned how, you know, you've had the ability over time to balance off making sure that you've got the income coming in and um, making sure it doesn't drop before that certain level. I'm probably in the same mode um, so as you guys. Like It's, it's at the forefront all of my mind all the time. I think in terms of trains, it's a weird analogy, but I think I'm on a moving train, all right, which is my current consulting income and my business income. It doesn't make sense for me just to jump off of that train and land on the platform and earn nothing. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking I've got to get that other train moving side by side with me. So if I want to jump from one carriage to the other to train, they're both moving at a similar pace. Um, otherwise, the yep. opportunity cost is just too high. Um, you, you do hear, and this is you're potentially in this in this w- world, Colin. Some people actually do get themselves to a point where they've had a bit of success and they've got the ability to. Uh, then pick and choose what they do in the day. And so that's, I think we're all on that journey in some way, shape or form in life, right? So in the early days, you know, you've got to work, you've got to earn the income and or you, or you have some sort of success with your business. Then you have the ability to then drop off a bit of your time and do more of your own thing. And I think to some extent, we're all at some end of that spectrum, right? So yeah, you, you hear stories about people online. They're just now they they've had a good success they've had a, they've had an exit or they've had several and they're just doing whatever they want now and i think we all aspire to be there but in some way shape or form we kind of all are so yeah
0: yeah and i think like recognizing that like as you said it's a spectrum and everyone's on their different there's no right yeah. answer like That's this, what I mean. this this probably a whole different podcast topic which i think damn we should do <laughs> but i i do think like there's um this, I, cause like, yes, I have. Like, like, I got, to, like, this year is the first year where I'm deliberately not doing what I just said, which is like, I'm not earning as much. Like, it's funny, I've got a, cause our financial year in Australia ends, as you guys well, damn well know, in June. I do my taxes last, so I've only just logged my tax from last year, like the last June. Um, and usually I wouldn't even be doing this tax year until next May, but because this year is so different, because I aren't, like the last five months haven't earned hardly anything. I I said to my accountant, I think we should actually meet before June because I want to find out. And I sold a couple of assets and all. So it's, it's all weird at the moment. Um, but at the same time, I, then I'm still in this weird mode where I'm like, well, I need to be making, like you're still in this weird mode where it's like I need to make a certain <laughs> amount every month. And you're like, well, do I? Should I not? And so it's, yeah, it's a really weird thing. But then at the same time, and, Dan, you might be closer to this too. Like my kids are 14 and 16, so they're nearly at this age where this idea that when you have kids it takes all your time up, it's becoming less yep. for me. Like I can see it in another year it's going to be far less because my oldest is driving around doing her own thing. <laughs> and then I feel like there there comes my power because not only have I – you know, build up enough assets where I don't like owe much or I don't owe anything. I also don't have any responsibility. And plus then it becomes, I don't know, I feel like there's a very powerful thing as a (laughs) middle-aged guy, you know, running a startup that you can become quite powerful when you're like, okay, I have no responsibility and no, like, uh, what do you call it? Debt or whatever. Even if I don't have a lot of income coming in, I have a shit ton of time and experience to do yeah. something. So, I don't know what I'm getting at. There is it's you don't have to do a startup when you're young. I think at some point there's some val- validity to saying, "Hey, you can do it and succeed when you're, you know, a bit older." Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I think we'll I'm see.
2: I'm on the other side, right? Um, I think I'm the mm. youngest here. Uh, I just turned thirty this year. Um, so got more hair than me. So yeah, <laughs> it's gonna change. Uh, believe me, if I if you see my dad, it's actually gonna change hundred percent. Um, but but the the thing is, the thing for me is, I admire everyone in the indie hacker space that is able to do anything while having children that are less mm-hmm. old okay. than fourteen, fifteen. Um, yeah, because it's fucking yeah. insane how much time yep. it takes and. Ah. Then yes. having this like the mental stability to still do work <laughs> on the side uh, props to everyone who does that, um, because it's far easier for me just with just having a girlfriend um, and a cat, and a, cat. And a cat and a cat to look after. Um, you still have a lot of free time. Uh, most of that before indie hacking was spent gaming, so it's more productive now. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but we still have 100 percent freedom to do whatever we want and how much we want. And everyone in the indie space who has children that are young, I can't believe how hard, how hard that is. Mm. Because mm. I'm also, I'm, I like, I'm struggling now with motivation and time. I have too many projects and stuff, and <laughs> having two children on top of that would probably be
1: insanity. Yeah, a bit too
0: much. Well, and it's fine to take, do it at the right time. Like you said, everyone's different. So,
1: well, speaking of time, we're getting close to sort of hitting yeah. the hour mark. So I might um just move to one of our other ones um which is imposter syndrome we're talking about success here we're talking a little bit about you know um how we balance the need for income and things like that but how do what do we do if we find that it's not happening and then we get those self-doubts creep in? do you guys ever get that i do honestly like I'm a bit hard on myself. Um, you
0: have it even if it is happening or not happening. I yeah. think that's relevant. It's like, I think you just have it anyway. <laughs>
1: I, I'm actually pretty hard on myself. Sometimes yeah. I'll get frustrated when it's taken a while um, for me to you know, get something done. Maybe I'm finishing a new feature or I'm fixing a bug or I'm just waiting for something to progress. And I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, you hear those voices in your head where you sort of say, mm. what's going on, man? What's taking you so long? and then other times you'll you know you'll you'll see other people doing things online and you'll think to yourself geez I always wish I was part of that you know so called successful crowd whoever they are <laughs> yeah. or you know I wish I could just produce stuff faster but it's it's not helpful so they, these sort of thoughts my tactic around that you know that imposter syndrome that that little voice inside your head saying come on i just try to avoid closely following huge accounts on social media too often um, I try to avoid comparing myself to others. I'm pretty comfortable in my own two feet, so that helps. And I just acknowledge that other people who have made it, so to speak, you know, they just got started a lot earlier than I did. That's fine. You know, we've each got our own strengths yeah. and constraints. You got your own journey. Yeah, we each yep. achieve things on our own journey in our own time. So I've got a pinned tweet on my Twitter profile. If anyone's looking at it, I'm at <laughs> Mr. Dan Miller. And it basically says this, you know. If you like a challenge, have a go at building a starting a SaaS. There is so much to do, so much to learn, so much to figure out. Just treat it like a game. It's got many levels and, you know, have a go at completing each level at a time to get to the next one. Don't worry about the imposter syndrome. Just have fun. That's my approach to it. (laughs) How about you, Tobias? Yeah. Um, I really like the game analogy
2: there. Uh, I think I'm doing something very similar. I think I'm also seeing it as a game. Like, as children or as teenagers and young adults, we played a lot of strategy games, uh, board and a lot of video games. Like Age of Empire 2 was the hottest shit of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And um, taking that approach, like I've, I've also played... Uh, pen and paper role plays for 10 or 15 years uh, both as a player and as a dungeon master which is the guy that sets everything up mm-hmm. awesome. if anyone anyone listening doesn't know that um oh man
0: massive fantasy person <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get we played like yeah. dungeons and dragons and um
2: yeah. cyberpunk uh Run yeah. stuff um and if you play a lot of those games especially if we're if you have a group that has a lot of socializing play in it uh, like you talk to a lot of uh, players in the game and 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 computer people so to say and um you can take the same approach with indie hacking and with a lot of stuff in general like we had a business meeting with some might be angel investors uh, 2 or 3 days ago and if you go in there and go like this is a game and if i'm losing i'm losing pretty much nothing like i'm not game over as to go out of this room mm. either way uh it's 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 more fun to do it that way and another thing I think I have improved in the imposter syndrome department a lot in the last one or two years uh, with the freelancing experience, because you meet so many people that are very, very good at their job. Like you, you're hundred percent sure that working with this person, you're going to be fine and they know what they're doing. And if you have some coffee time with them, or if you have some low low impact time at work with them and you have time to talk about other stuff you always notice that those people are struggling as well they're all learning mm-hmm. they're all doing something mm-hmm. wrong they are never 100 percent right with the stuff that they're doing and um recognizing that pretty much no one has figured it out is <laughs> is that. helpful <laughs> a lot like it's nobody's <laughs> perfect and just do your thing and yep. you're you're okay
0: Beautiful. Uh, that I mean, that's like that is my motto. I should put should put that on my tweet. I, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's so like and I reckon even if you went like to SpaceX, half of them would say, I don't know, like the stuff launches, I don't even know. Like like not one person would know how it all you know, what I mean, like yeah. no one knows how it all works. And okay, that might be exceptional with things like that. But I think majority of people who work day to day, they're they 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 are just trying to figure it out. And like, and I think, but as a freelancer and stuff, I definitely had those issues where, because you tend to, like, I think this is right, but I think most people who are doing what we do are generalists, not specialists. And then when you freelance, you run into some of the specialists. So it can knock you around a little bit because you think, oh man, they know so much more about this thin slice of whatever, because they've had, they can sit there for 40 40 or 30 hours a week and get paid a good amount just to worry about one thing. And so they get really good at it. And then, and so you go, Oh crap, I don't know enough about CSS like they do. And that, you know, they know all this sort of stuff. And I've no idea. Um, so that can really knock you round as a as a dev, I reckon. Like at least it did in my early days. And when I built Social Pinpoint, the first few developers I hired, I was starting to go, oh shit, what are they going to think about me? Because I'd build a product. I don't. And that was my first web app too. So I, there was so many things wrong with it. But then over time I realised, you know what, I do know what the hell I'm doing. I might not implement it the right way all the time. But I also, what I can do better than most people is forecast what we should actually spend our time on. Like we shouldn't waste our time on this. Or if we try that, yeah, that's a cool tech, but if we use it right now, it's going to fuck us over in about six months. Like Because we don't know, whatever it is, you know? and you have this gut feel because you're not just thinking about the tech, you're thinking about... All the other stuff, how are we going to support it? How much is it going to cost when it runs? What happens if it scales? What happens if it blows up in the middle of the night? Like all this sort of stuff and it's just naturally happening in the back of my head and that's when I think, yeah, I do have imposter syndrome but on the flip side I need to learn to trust my gut a bit more even now and go, hang on, nah, like I know what I'm talking about in some of this stuff, you know. (laughs) like, like, So it's a weird, you're always battling it, you know, like all the time. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, Cool. Nice. Well, I'm sure we all suffer from it, but it um, sounds like we've got a few tactics there to deal with it. Um, given that okay. we're sort of heading towards the end of the hour now, I thought it'd be worth we jump over to maybe one of our community questions. What do you think? We, um, uh, we put the call out on Twitter and um, I think Tobias was the successful one there. He got, a, he got a response from Matthias. Is that right? Yeah, that was me, yeah. Yep. So yeah, we got uh, a response from Matthias Neumeyer and he basically said "Look, great idea on this topic of motivation and he, think, he wanted to know that one topic that is important, despite all the great content out there on social media and especially around indie hacking, there's also a lot of bullshit on Twitter, especially regarding insane MRR postings. And for those that are listening who don't know what MRR is, that's monthly recurring revenue. That's all about the dollars that you're getting into your business. So Matthias called it out. And he said, "You can easily get distracted by that and maybe lose some motivation." So, what do you guys think about that?
2: I actually, if I can start, Colin, uh, I made a joke Twitter tweet, I think two weeks ago, where I went, uh, where I copied that insane posting stuff and all of the emojis and uh, you, you playing with with high numbers, and I did a tweet <laughs> that was something like. Um, I'm earning ten thousand dollars with my indie hacker business. Here is it here uh, like with the pointing down emoji? Uh, this is how it breaks down on my projects and it's like three of my indie hacker projects with zero dollars on it and then freelancing ten thousand dollars. And um, I think a, I think a few people do this. Um, I have seen some Twitter accounts where they have like a design studio and then that's making 12k a month. Awesome for you guys right it's Mm. it's also an awesome number i'm happy for you but putting that into indie hacking is stupid (laughs) i think Mm, mm, um i'm mm. doing zero dollars right now that's my indie hacking revenue and um actually for the mrr posting or boasting in in general i have muted accounts that are very very popular Mm. uh, that everyone if i would name them everyone here would know them Mm. um I have muted those accounts if they're doing it too much. Mm. Not because I hate them or I don't want them to be successful. I just get so distracted and so demotivated Mm. by it. Um, Especially if they're making money with a seemingly easy product. That might not be the case in the background, right? But um, looking at that every day and just like going, okay, this guy is doing like 15k MRR after two months. It's it's, It's so demotivating. I can Completely understand Matthias's uh, yeah. uh, feedback here, and um, so I'm actually muting accounts like this. Fair um, when I'm when I'm getting too distracted, it's not that I hate them. It's not that I block them or something. It's just I don't want to read this right now. It might be different if I have my own MRR someday.
1: Yeah, good yeah.
2: calls. What but, about you, Carl?
0: Yeah, like,
1: what do you think about
0: I, it? Yeah, no, totally. And I'll circle right back to my first point, which I technically have never really identified as an indie hacker, like I I know the term and I just never really realized that I probably do resonate a lot with it. So I never really haven't followed it massively until this year that I started really like connecting to that build in public hashtag and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I realized this was, I knew about bare metrics in the early days and people would post all their stuff and I thought it was interesting. But to me, and I think I've said it before somewhere, either on Twitter or whatever, like it's, to me, it's so boring, like I don't give a shit what you earn because it depends on the product and like what what space you're in. Like a lot of the ones I'm interested in are high annual contracts anyway and then therefore if I get one sale, like I get a $20,000 sale, cool, I can put a $16,77 7, whatever it is, bloody MRR. Well, no, 20000 on that, um, whatever it is, MRR straight away. Yeah. Yeah, but th- that doesn't actually mean I'm making that much every month. So it's I much would rather see what people are actually doing and the problems they're having and stuff rather than worrying about but it. And I know people then come back going, yeah, we should build in public, we should post our stuff. And I'm like, it's, the finances are so far the bottom of the run in terms of importance, motivation, what I can learn. from. I can't learn from you anything. When you tell me your MRR, it does not help me make a decision tomorrow at all. Yeah, cool. But if you share with me something about – Whatever it is, you know, some marketing thing you picked up or some chat GPT prompt that you came up that actually helps me. Like, that's a yeah. brilliant, Let, let's brilliant, share that. Brilliant response and to that. Not worry yes. about,
2: that's very good advice. Yeah,
0: let's not worry about It's so vanity. It's bullshit, <laughs> like, and it's not that I don't want to see it either. I'm happy to see it, but don't it doesn't waste help. All the yeah, that's just, cool. Good it, call. And it should not be attached to this idea that if you build in public, you should share your numbers because I think that's nice. that's horse
1: Well, I laugh at it, I giggle at it because my family business, we basically outsource uh, a lot of. The um, administration and financial administration for other businesses around town. So I know I, I know a lot about finances and how businesses work, <laughs> and I just laugh at it because it's an irrelevant it's an irrelevant measure. It has zero um, meaning yeah. into what the value of something is. You, what, what if they're keen? If someone's really want to be be honest, tell us what your marginal sorry your monthly recurring profit is. Tell us what your monthly recurring mm-hmm. expenses are. Tell us also mm-hmm. how much time you're putting in. And then let's, let's have a real decent, true conversation about where you really are at. (laughs) Anyway.
0: No, No, you're you're right there. Like with customer success and what we do, we use a lot. The most important metric, at least at the moment that people track is NRR, you know, like your net recurring revenue, like MRRs crap because like you just said like if I have the services business I can have it I can have 20k a yep. month but I have to keep finding a new 20k a month <laughs> and my MRR is 20k a month but I have to keep finding it which means my NRR is probably negative freaking whatever and it's a bullshit business <laughs> like it's not a great business so like don't post to your MRR yeah. it's worthless you know I want to see how much this business makes.
1: So Matthias, Matthias sounds like he's spot on here. He's he's asked a really good question. So thank you, Matthias. And I think we've probably shared it with you. We've got a lot of ways to combat that. It doesn't really demotivate us. We just basically well, it does, but we have ways of dealing with it. <laughs> Put it out of our, our mind. I want to actually add one thing which concerns
2: Matthias's business as well. And also a shout out to a guy called Phil Keller, ah, yeah. which is a Swiss Swiss uh, yeah, indie yeah, hacker. Yeah, cool. uh, yep. Both of these both of these guys Uh, are doing businesses that are having a positive impact on the world. Like Matthias's business, if uh, the listeners don't know, he's creating Oscar Oscar stories stories. together with uh, Dima, another indie hacker in the space. And Oscar stories is a tool to create with AI stories for your children where the children are part of the story. beautiful. Um, (laughs) Phil Keller is a guy who does... Uh, a project i've just had him on my podcast in episode five not released yet but will come uh he's oh, doing to to he's that. doing yeah. uh, swiss um if if a, if a, a student use uh, tries to find an apartment in swiss in switzerland somewhere he has a website that crawls all the different websites that have posting for the for those and um, then as a student you can find an apartment that you can afford and stuff and in this in the city that you need and he's still at zero MRR he's very open about this on twitter um but just looking at MRR both of these businesses are not unicorns right now um one of them is even at zero right now but they are providing so much value which is completely invisible Hmm. by just looking at the raw numbers. Absolutely. Right? And mm. even if Phil never finds a way to get it from zero to a hundred or thousand, ten thousand, it's still gonna be a valuable service for someone. So yeah. just looking at numbers is not the whole picture for a business, even though for a business it's also important, right? But for the indie hacker project, for the idea, it's not the only thing to look yeah,
1: at. Yeah, I love that. To see value. I love what yeah. you've just pointed yeah. out there, Tobias. It we, we should be all celebrating each other's reasons for doing this and looking for the celebrating the positive things that we give back to the world i love what you've just said there well done good call
0: um speaking of uh,
1: you know finding things that we love and and having takeaways from this it's time for the key takeaways to the panel today so if you were to walk away from this session today colin what would your be what would your key takeaway be
0: I don't know now because we've talked about stuff and it's probably changed <laughs> things. Um, look, I mean, I, I probably I'll just go back to what I sort of wrote and hopefully it resonates or not. But um, to me, it's it's a journey. It always has been a journey, even before I knew it was going to be a journey. I think, and so, um, and the things I learned about exiting social pinpoint, it, like I won't say it was life changing money, but it was leveling up money, and I think that's something that. Like if you are starting out, don't get, and part, you know, part of this is the MRR story and all that stuff is don't be trying to make it, you know, don't try and go out. I I don't agree with the big bang, sort of like, let's go out, try everything, throw everything at it. And if it works, it works. If not, like we'll be billionaires, otherwise we'll lose everything. Like I just, I think it's so wrong. Providing you don't die early, which you won't think, shouldn't think about. If you, if you followed our advice about looking after yourself and Stuff like that. Hopefully, you can plan that you're going to be around for a while. So I think you're going to have lots of bites of the apple. So my thing is, like, the best thing you can do if you don't take a full time job <laughs> in this industry is learn to level up. And what I mean by that is just, you know, build something that's an asset that's a worth, and then you know, hopefully, sell it and level up to the next one and do it again. And you've got if you do that, you've got decades. You got multiple shots to do that. And I would this is a different topic again, but I haven't done the maths, but I would guarantee, 90% guarantee, that if you do that, you're still going to be ahead of people who had a full-time job. Because I guarantee if I gave you a job for $300,000 a year, you're going to spend $2,999 of that every year. And you will go, oh, I've got 10 holidays. Whereas if I give you $100,000 a year and you build a business, yeah, you still might make $300,000 a year, but you've still got that $200,000 a year. Once, you know, five years later, you sell it all. Now it's worth a million, one and a half million or whatever. You've got that. Whereas your friend who made $300,000 a year for five years, hopefully you're following my maths, has spent all that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And so... That's why I just want to say to people, like, level up and learn. It's not all about just don't compare the numbers. Think about the asset and how much
1: value you can
0: use down the track. Well, anyway, different podcast, but maybe, Dan, we can delve into the numbers down the track. My key takeaway
1: (laughs) from this one is just do it because you enjoy it. I mean, motivation is important and you've got to enjoy what you do. So pick an area to build that you enjoy. Um, If you like the context in which you're building, that's the motivational follow. Look, I've been listening to what all you guys have been saying in the session today. And it has just been hitting me in the back of the head. You've got to find find things that you love, find, you know, keep doing it because you enjoy it and just stick at it like that. Um, so that's the end of the key takeaways. We'll give you the honor, Tobias, of, of oh, yeah. leaving us with your own it, yeah. key takeaway for this, because yeah. this was your topic today. So Tobias, how about you?
2: So one thing that I'm taking away, which is very crucial, I think, and um in my podcast, we're always cutting one small little thing out as the intro of the of the episode is uh, colin's advice share valuable pieces not numbers share failings share your learnings so but somebody else doesn't have to fall on the same problem uh, i think i have to reevaluate that i have to tweet more about stuff like this again uh, i've done so in the past but that's something i'm taking away try to do that again share more uh, failings and learnings um the, the the key thing for indie hacking and motivation for me, the same as with you, Dan, is have fun, provide value. Like, have fun yourself, post about it, make videos about it, make blog posts, which I am doing usually, make tweets about it, and just show that you're having fun and try to make that the focus. If it makes money in the end, awesome, perfect, mm-hmm. but it has to be fun uh, in the journey because the journey is going to be long, mostly. And yes. um The thing that you said, Colin, with uh, getting value added to yourself um, in the business side is the same for personal. Like if I'm doing indie hacking for two or three years, I'm learning so much about technologies I haven't used or that I wouldn't have used if I just worked a full-time job or freelanced. Um, That's adding value to myself. It's adding value to any business I'm starting later, right? I have a business that I tried to start up like two years ago. Which completely failed, never launched. Perfect, perfect example how not to do it. But I learned a lot about Express and Node and databases and stuff. That's that I've kept and I've put my own value further with projects like that. So you're like the the one thing to do in indie hacking. If anything, other fails. If you never make money, is have fun with it, provide value to other people, and then you're learning anyway, if you're successful or not. So you're going mm. to have like more experience anyway, Brilliant. even I if love it, it fails.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. and that 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 could right back to our first question, where it was like, "What's the motivation?" I think if you don't love learning, don't uh, yeah, don't, don't do, do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> this has been awesome. I think there's some excellent takeaways you've got there. Thank you. And Tobias, it's been an absolute pleasure having the opportunity to do a joint panel with you on this topic. You you picked an awesome one. Thank you, um, yeah. Colin. As always, it's great doing these with you and. Folks who are listening on the line today, either you're listening on the Code & Conquer podcast or you're listening to the Push to Prod podcast. Thank you for spending a lot of time with us. We've gone quite a bit into it, but I hope you've got a bit of value (laughs) out of it. So thank you.
0: Uh, Awesome. Thank. Again, I'll just reiterate, thank you. Thanks for both of you guys. It's been really, um, really good for me and really good listening and meeting you. And um, yeah, hopefully everyone uh, got something out of it. And I guess share the feedback with us too. I think we'd You know, not just us, but like you said, Tobias, um, you know, other podcasts would probably want to do a similar thing. So we'd be up for it if anyone's wanting to have a chat and um, come up with some other topics.
2: 100%. If any other podcast is listening and wants to do something similar or wants to do it with us, uh, we're always open for this. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed this. I want to do it again. If you guys are up for it again for another episode, uh, 100% doing that. 100%. Um, Yep. And then you can pick another topic. Um yeah, I've enjoyed this a lot. I hope we can do it more in the future with you guys and with other people. Brilliant. And um yeah, that's it, I cool. think.
1: Thanks everyone, and
0: thanks for listening awesome. in. We'll enjoy your Friday and yeah, and thanks for too. staying up. Uh Dan well, not staying up, Dan. It's mm-hmm. uh Friday night now. We can enjoy <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll take we'll see you there. Thanks everyone. Talk to you next time. Thanks, folks. Bye. Cheers, guys. Thanks.